All right, Anthony on Air Podcast back for another episode, and we're talking about two huge revelations in the Jeffrey Epstein cases, which is pretty astounding. Plus, Rudy Giuliani claimed on Fox News Sunday morning that the election will be overturned. I have overturned Jay Sabs and Frankie C for my beautiful and lovely wife, Cuddles. Hi, Cuddles. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Again, you can't see her, but she'll be joining us all episode long. She's currently tending to the kids, so uh, you'll have to just deal with looking at this mug. This episode is sponsored by our good pals over at Hero Soap Company. Go grab yourself a bar of soap. More on them in a second. We have links in the description below. So let's start with Epstein. Two pretty big uh, revelations coming here, and I'm going to start with um, this one which is that we just found out that one of Epstein's lawyers was dating one of the prosecutors back in 2007 before they, or as they were arresting him and prosecuting Jeffrey Epstein, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you can't see my wife, her jaw, her jaw just dropped. It's, it's unethical to answer your question. And it's literally part A and part B is going to be uh, probably equally as astounding. But uh, yes, yeah, so this is what happened. And this was, by the way, during the time that's that's the first time he was prosecuted when he got the sweetheart deal. Um, it came to light. Lily Ann Sanchez, who was a member of Epstein's defense team in 2008, when he was facing a potential federal indictment and life imprisonment for sexually abusing dozens of girls between 1999 and 2007, uh, was, or had dated, I should say, not was dating, had dated Matthew Menchel, one of the prosecutors who worked on the plea deal. The romance came to light this week after the Justice Department Office of Professional Responsibility issued a report slamming the Florida prosecutors for poor judgment in this deal, Sanchez and Manchel dated in 2003 when they were both employed at the Southern District of Florida's U.S. Attorney Office. They later broke up, but never disclosed the relationship while they were both working on the Epstein deal. So you might say, what's the big deal? They dated five years ago, five years before this happened, and they broke up. What's the big deal? Um, you might say lawyers date other lawyers and this kind of thing probably happens all the time. But at the same time, if it's not that big of a deal, then why not disclose it when you're working on it? Why do they have to find out all these years later that, that you were dating and you didn't disclose it? Right? Shady. <laughs> If we cared about production value at all, we'd have a shady meter in the top right-hand corner that rang every time you issued a shady. Yes, that would be nice. But we don't care about production value on this show, as you can tell by our logo. Uh, anyway, um, the report says Menchel had left the office before the Epstein case was resolved. Menchel told the Justice Department investigators during the probe that his relationship with Sanchez had no impact on the handling of this case. So Menchel left before they finished, but still he was there negotiating a plea deal 
a plea, the, the sweetheart, the plea deal that today people are shaking their heads at, wondering how the hell or why he even got this in the first place. More on that in a second. Um, doesn't it doesn't really say maybe he got a different job offer or whatever he got. Uh, Republican Senator Ben Sasse from Nebraska said in a statement, quote, letting a well-connected billionaire get away with child rape and international sex trafficking isn't poor judgment. It is a disgusting failure. Americans ought to be enraged. Epstein should be rotting behind bars today, but the Justice Department failed Epstein's victims at every turn. Yeah, so, I mean, this is just one of those things where this is just, again, part A of this where, you know, I, I always like to try and dissect both sides and see what's what, and if it wasn't that big of a deal, it wasn't that big of a deal, but again, then just disclose it. Be like, hey, we dated five years ago. You know, and then you let everybody decide what, you know, what sort of an impact that will have from there. But wait, more on this, because we haven't talked a bunch about Alex Acosta yet, and we're about to get into that uh, right now in part two. But first, let's do our read for Hero Soap Company. Uh, this is my favorite soap on the planet. Just ask my wife how, how, how much happier I am after a Hero Soap shower, babe. Very happy. You I am, smell great. I, thank you. That's good for me. That, that's, oh no, and, and subsequently, good for me in return, to be honest with you. <laughs> helps, helps in that department. Um, I am not uh, I am not brave enough like our, our men and women in the armed forces that fight for our country. Uh, but after I take a shower in this bad boy, I do feel a smidge more braver. I really do feel a smidge more braver. But I take comfort in the fact of knowing that when I buy a bar of this soap, they send a bar over to the troops and part of the proceeds from their sales go to build homes for veterans uh, when they return from service so that they don't have that unbearable burden on their back. So on top of the fact that it's an amazing product, they are an even more amazing company. Veteran-owned, made right here in the USA, no power bands, so there's no shady stuff in there, shady meter. Um, and it's just flat out just a, a great bar of soap. You feel clean. Uh, the peppermint and cool makes you actually tingle when you use that one, which is kind of nice. Yeah, a little tingle action. Um, and it smells unbelievable. Cuddles can attest to that, right, Cuddles? Yes. Yeah. Yes, our whole entire our we have an ensuite bathroom, so our whole entire like bedroom smelled like a like a spa. It was very yeah, very relaxed. That's nice. So grab a bar, try it out. Everybody on the show who has uh, has loved it, and people are starting to sign up now for their subscriptions, which is basically, you know, they'll send a bar or two of soap to your uh, house every single month, however much you want, to, you know, delivered every month. They'll set it up with them. And uh, if you do that right now, you get 20% off when you use the promo code Anthony. So uh, definitely use that promo code Anthony. But it only works if you click the, the link in the description or the banner on the homepage of anthonyonair.com. So thank you so much to Hero Soap Company for their support. And thank you to you if you grab a bar. We do appreciate it. Yes. So part two of this, the FBI was ready to arrest Epstein in 2007 while he was judging a beauty pageant <clears throat> down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but missed out on the chance to nab him because the federal prosecutor at the time wanted to take his time. This was Alex Acosta. 
A few months later, that prosecutor secretly offered Epstein the now infamous sweetheart deal that we were just talking about uh, that uh, kept him in federal prison and allowed him to serve just 13 months in jail while he was leaving during the day. He just had to sleep in jail. He was leaving during the day and had had unbelievable uh, immunity after the fact uh, for him and everybody else involved. It's insane. Um, again, going back to this report that came out from the, the uh, Justice Department this week, uh, Alexander Acosta, they say, exercised poor judgment, but did not engage in professional misconduct. So it kind of sounds like they're protecting him to a degree by saying he engaged in poor judgment, but not uh, any sort of professional misconduct. Um, by the way, the results, the results of this Department of Justice study was, was released in a room with Epstein accusers, and some of them were uh, quoted as being emotional at the time that they were reading the uh, results of this. Uh, the missed opportunity in the Virgin Islands left the FBI supervisor special agent extremely upset. It irked Maria Villafania, who was the lead prosecutor in the Florida investigation of Epstein, she had intended to file charges by May 15, 2007, but the FBI, and the FBI planned on arresting Epstein immediately after, but Villafania was unable to get authorization from Acosta for an indictment. Villafania wanted Epstein to face as much as 210 months or 17 and a half years behind bars. Two weeks after submitting the prosecution memorandum on May 14th, Villafania sent out an email that said Epstein was flying to New Jersey from the Virgin Islands, when she asked if she could file charges the next day, she was told no, because Acosta wanted to take his time making sure he is comfortable before proceeding. Now, I got more here, but Cuddles, we, we watched the documentary, right, together. Yeah. We saw the people, we saw the local police department and how the names of the victims were just piling up and piling up and piling up. Yeah. I mean, where was your sense of urgency? What in the actual hell makes you want to take your time when the prosecutor is like, hey, we're good to go. I'm ready to file. We're ready to send the FBI. Let's do this. Are you good? And he goes, I want to take my time. What the hell? Yeah, like when is he going to be held accountable for what he did? They're like covering for him when it's obvious yeah. that like everything that he did across the it's obvious that he's being covered for because he was covering for somebody else so it's like yes you know we're starting to get into odd weird strange territory here villafania said she could not get her supervisors to understand the seriousness of epstein's behavior and the fact that he was probably continuing to commit the behavior and that there was a need to move with necessary speed. Two months later, Acosta offered Epstein the two-year state plea. Epstein pled guilty under a non-prosecution agreement in 2008 negotiated by Acosta. Around the same time, the financier served as a key federal witness against uh, two hedge fund managers from the now-defunct Bear Stearns Investment Bank. Acosta was made U.S. Labor Secretary by President Trump in 2017, and resigned amid questions over the 2008 plea deal after Epstein was arrested again in July of 2019. So, yeah, again, this was one of those early tarnishes on Trump's 
record, which I know everybody thought that Trump was like in this mass plot to unearth all these things and he was doing such a great job, but yet he hired the guy, literally hired the guy that gave away the house with Epstein. Yeah, that was wrong. It was a bad move. Now, I mean, I don't, look, I don't know. I, I would gather that the president probably didn't even know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't actually, I should say. But the fact of the matter is, is somebody who's doing background you know, over at the White House should have been made aware of this and that should have come to the top of the pile, you know, when you're considering who to put in place, you know, in these key mm-hmm. federal positions. So uh, this Alex Acosta thing, again, it's like great that this is like starting to kind of come out there a little bit more about him in this new report. But why does the report stop short of saying misconduct? Is it for legal reasons? Is it that they just don't have the proof? Uh, you know, and they're saying that he was like working with someone. Right. To- that it was just poor judgment. I mean, I don't know. You're a pretty smart. Like, you you got to be a pretty smart. Poor guy. judgment is a bad is like just a bad way of saying it that it was not poor judgment there was something else going on and by saying poor judgment you're just blowing it off and what he did was so wrong and the the poor women it makes me so mad yeah because i mean again you have one two victims not to say that you know not to discount that but harder to prove i would say yes harder to prove you have like i mean hundreds uh, you know that you're looking at of these names one after the other there's a pattern here and the more and they all have the same story all the same story so and how is that it's not like he's a popular guy like at the time like now he's infamous but at that time he's one of thousands of rich people just living on that island like the idea that you could put together a conspiracy of people zeroing in on one person to take them down is kind of crazy. Yes. I had no idea who we was. Nobody really did. There was no way any of us should have known, you know? I didn't know who he was until he was... until he was gone. Until he was arrested the second time around, really. I mean, that's basically when he popped on my radar, you know? And then, again, like you said, yeah, when when they found him dead, that's when... that's when all... All hell kind of broke loose. I didn't know how to describe that. I should say, like, kill or, <laughs> you know, committed suicide. Lots of air quotes. Yes. Oh, tons of air quotes. Again, shady. Shady, shady, shady behavior. It, that meter or whatever you want to buy would be all the way to the right. Yeah, I know. Completely. In the red. Um... Giuliani on Fox News talking about that this election is going to be overturned. Let's hop into that after we uh, put a plug up here for our merch, uh, which is available right now at the Anthony uh, on Air store, anthonyonair.com. We've got this lovely not now look that is just perfect for moms. We have our silhouette look that happens to be designed by Frankie C himself. Uh, favorite of Janine's and also my wife and I is we love the office. That's what she said. That shirt. You want that on your chest? That's what she said. 
uh, coffee, our coffee logo, our wine logo, and our beer yeah. mug logo that all goes in uh, tow with our uh, microphone logo there. Uh, all available right now up at the uh, anthonyonair.com store. I think we're getting some holiday merch ready that we should be able to release in the next week or so. So uh, that'll be fun times. So Giuliani says that he has evidence that will be uh, big enough to overturn the election. It's all based on the quote-unquote corrupt machines that had deleted millions of votes for President Trump. But he could not share it at the time when he said this on Fox Sunday morning uh, news, their news program with Maria Bartiromo. I, I, I can expand on this here, but... I'm getting flashbacks to when he did that interview with the, the guy about Hunter Biden's laptop and said they were going to release all this stuff. And then yeah, we never really saw it. Now, some things did come out, but it wasn't this massive. Yeah, not to the extent that he made you think it was. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And I don't know if it really played into the election. I don't think people cared, which is strange. And again, like I said, there is so much stuff hooked on the end of Trump's train that's so similar to this that even when Trump was throwing it, I I don't think people could get behind it enough. Yeah. You know, it, it just, you know, there's so much going on with Trump's and his hotels. And, and again, proving any of this is, is hard, you know, all around, but it's just, it all just becomes white noise after a while. Like they all, like every politician has this garbage, you know, not to defend the guy, you know, cause it, yeah. there's a couple things on that laptop that they said, if there's true, he should be, you know, talking to some, he should be talking to some, um, some prison guards, but, um, you know, I don't know. It didn't seem like it had any sort of impact on the election having, been this far out on it at this point yeah i don't think so either um so he goes to say in the interview and, and we're gonna i'm gonna just give you all the information here and, and tell you what what exactly he was said and what he's claiming and what's been debunked um he's claiming that the president actually won the key swing states that were called for joe biden he says, and I quote, in every one of those states, we have more than enough illegal ballots already documented to overturn the result in that state. Uh, Giuliani said, erroneously claiming that the mail-in vote was invalid because Republicans hadn't been allowed to observe the count. He told Maria Bartiromo, they didn't allow Republicans in those key places to observe the mail-in vote. That makes the vote completely invalid. That is blatantly untrue. Um, they should have, by the way, they should have been allowed to observe the counts. Yeah. Uh, I did see a report somewhere that some guy, one of the Republican guys was like, I, I was there. I observed the count. I don't know what the big thing is. I don't think they let everybody in. And, and I think that's kind of what started this whole hubbub because I did see a signed affidavit from somebody that said I was there and they let me observe the counts. So again, I, I wasn't there. I don't know. You can believe whatever you want to believe. I'm just telling you what what I was told. But yeah. mail-in balloting counts regardless. Like, it it's a, it's a vote. You know, uh, like I said, 
I've been I've been tasked with that like early on when I was in high school or college, I had to be one of those people that was there to, you know, watch the count to check up on the count, check up on the machines and stuff like that. There was a whole procedure and you went in and you said, I'm here for the thing. And I get, let me check. And they go, okay. And they show you the thing and they look, you look at all the numbers and you see, and you make sure it all adds up and it's all co Okay. All right. That's it. And it was done. It wasn't, it's not that huge. It's like you sit there the whole time and watch every single one of those things get counted. Yeah. So, uh, that was that part. So that part he's kind of incorrect about, um, Trump's reelection campaign has filed a, a flurry of lawsuits contesting that the vote count in battle states, battleground states. Uh, but some of those state cases have already been rejected by the judges who ruled their claims of fraud were unfounded or hearsay. A recount would also have to overcome Biden's commanding 65,000 vote advantage in Pennsylvania or 146,000 vote lead in Michigan. Trump's legal team threw in the towel on Arizona on Friday, acknowledging that they wouldn't overtake Biden in the Grand Canyon state. I did not know that they gave up on Arizona because I actually thought that that was the place that they had the, at one point that was the place that I thought they had the best chance of doing because Biden only was up by 11,000 and they still hadn't counted the, uh, the military votes that were yet to come in. But yeah. if, if as they continue to count, whatever was left in the state was way bigger than whatever the military vote total would have been, that would be the reason why they would throw in the towel. Giuliani nonetheless claimed that the campaign had enough affidavits from witnesses who reportedly saw fraud to void hundreds of thousands of votes for the former vice president. He said, quote, we already have enough affidavits from people who were pushed out from being able to observe. So in each one of those states that he lost narrowly, he won those states probably by two or three percent. Trump and his allies have continued pushing claims of widespread fraud, the cybersecurity infrastructure the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the federal agency that oversees U.S. election security, said the election was the most secure in American history. The main claim here is that the president, from the president, is that Dominion Voting Systems, a Canadian voting software company that provided machines used in 28 states, deleted or switched votes for Trump. The company has denied the claim. It has also been debunked by the Associated Press. Giuliani insists that he has proof, but could not show it yet. He said, we have proof that I can't disclose yet of the corrupt machines. This has to be examined beyond this election, which I believe will get overturned. So he's saying that the issue is in the, the software, that the software was what messed it up. Now, a couple things here. There's a there, a lot of the claims that have been coming out that have been pushed by President Trump and some other people are from a pro-Trump blog that reports that Dominion deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide. Data analysis finds 221,000 Pennsylvania votes switched from President Trump to Biden, 941,000 Trump votes deleted in the states using this voting system. If this is true, mm -hmm. obviously, should be investigated. So far, no one has been able to prove this. So if Giuliani can prove it, okay. But 
you 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 have to you there you have to have it you have to prove it yeah or else what are we talking about here you know what i mean like there's a lot of theory swirling around that president trump is rousing his base fundraising like crazy making plans for a 2024 run which is all well and good but you don't want to take it too far that you tarnish what you've done by yeah. this insane like i keep saying like i i would love to talk to mike pence because he must be fuming he's oh, poor guy he has got to be fuming yeah right now because every every second this ticks by you know he becomes less valuable as an alternative or as a challenge to joe biden in 2024 according to the associated press now you can say that they are full of it if you'd like that's okay with me there is no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes changed votes or was in any way compromised um a statement from a statement to reporters from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which is that federal agency, said the November 3rd election was the most secure in history. Dominion Voting System said in a statement that it denies claims about the, any vote switched or alleged software issues within our voting system. They did acknowledge that there have been a small handful of issues that were the result of human error involving voting technology, not the software itself, meaning that when they were tabulating whatever it was an error on the human side that was corrected mm -hmm. and had nothing to do with the machine itself switching votes now it is my understanding and i could be wrong about this that any election machinery is not connected to the internet because as soon as you connect those machines you are immediately, no matter how good your security is, you are immediately exposing it to threats of being hacked. Yeah. If you don't connect those machines, there is no threat. I mean, you could still do whatever. I mean, I'm sure whatever MacGyver thing you can figure out. But if that, if the capability to, to, to enter into those machines is not there, there is no threat of hacking it. You put the things in, you get a number out, and that's basically, that's how it's done. And that's yeah. why the election is set up to be so shitty, as some people will say, but it's not supposed to be high tech because high tech exposes you to a chance to get, you know, whatever. So the point of this is, if Giuliani does have this, this is the largest story in the last, 2020 years of this of this area i mean this is the biggest story ever if he has this I, I, and I, I mean and i just want to say to people because i know there's a lot of trump supporters out there that still support him to this day i the the odds of him having the legitimately having this are so tiny and so minuscule to none I mean, really slim to none. Genuinely just a slim to none. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to take, but this, these are these are the facts as of right now as we know it. And again, a lot of people are jumping on the, you know, 
this train of like, well, the media is picking Biden and the media, like, it's just, you know, again, like I said, you have all these, somebody said, somebody tweeted me the other day. He goes, the, the top 10 media companies are all owned by like one person. Basically there's that could not be farther from the truth. Couldn't be farther from the truth. You have all these media companies, the TV stations, the cable news, the blogs, the radio stations, the internet empires, all these places, anyone, if I, I'm telling you, me, anyone, you think if I found out that the election got screwed up, I would hold it back for some agenda? No way on earth. There's no, you break that story, you have written your ticket for the rest of your life. You will forever be the person that got to the biggest story ever. You can do whatever you want in the news business for the rest of your life. There is no money value that a candidate or a political party could put in your hands that would match that for any media person ever. Just none, you know. Yeah, but you ask people, you ask a large amount of people believe that, like, the media is very biased now. They are, yes, and that's the, that's the thing. They lead to one side. Of course, MSNBC, CNN, all that stuff on the left side, absolutely. Fox News just totally on the right side, absolutely. Do they sway things? Do they take liberties? Do they have agendas? They do. They all do. All of them do, right? It doesn't matter. There's nothing. There's there's so many of them out there. Like, again, Fox News has nothing to gain by telling you the Republican incumbent president lost the election their lives would be so much better if they could tell you President Trump won. So the fact that they're telling you he did not is an indication of exactly that. Now people go, well, Newsmax and OAN. Well, I have a lot of respect for up and comers, but to be honest with you, you know, if you want me to tell you about the media landscape, those two in, uh, independent news networks, they're punching up, okay? They have nothing to gain. They they have to gain ground. Fox is the most popular network out of all the ones that I just named. So they'd have to leapfrog a lot of people to get into that arena. So it's in Newsmax and OAN's best interest to be sitting here spinning this election was rigged thing because as Fox News goes, well, the machines, this, and they're doing it a little bit, Hannity and all them, they're doing it a little bit. They're playing the game a little bit. At the end of the day, though, th there's an obligation to report the facts and what really happened. And yeah. OAN and Newsmax don't really have to do that because there's not a lot of people really watching them. They're gaining a lot of people now, so they're going to continue to tell disenfranchised Republicans what they want to hear. Because that's the only way that they're going to gain in numbers. But they're punching up. They're trying to grow. They're they're more interested in becoming a player than telling you the truth. Because there's far too many other people that are reporting what is actually going on. And their only opportunity to gain ground in this is to keep spinning this, this narrative. 
And that's just the flat out truth. And this, and I know somebody who worked at Newsmax. I, you know, I, like I'm well aware of what's going on in the landscape. It's just that's exactly what's happening. So, I mean, I hate to, to be so blunt. But again, if Giuliani drops this thing and it's real, biggest story ever. And I, and and if he's got it, he's got it. I'll be the biggest believer. If you're asking me to put money on it right now, I'm betting against him. I'm flat out going to bet against I know. Him. But, you know, again, I've been saying all along, the president should exhaust every single legal alley that he wants to. But at some point, somebody from the RNC and Mike Pence is going to get pissed off that he's ruining their chances. They're even talking about him running again in 2024. Again, don't ruin your own chances if that's the case. You know, if that's the case, don't ruin your own chances because at some point, there's going to be another Republican president. And if you go too hard on this voting system is rigged and shit, it's going to come back to bite yeah. you in the ass at some point on the other end. I feel like this is never going to end. <laughs> It'll end. I'm uh, so tired of this. If people are wondering when it's going to end, December 8th, the states uh, are going to certify the, uh, the results of the election. So by December 8th, Basically, this should all be quieted down at this point, which, by the way, they did every year December 8th. We've just never paid that. You never that always used to be like the ninth story on the six o'clock news. That was always the 10 second blur before you went to break and came back with sports, which was all the states today certified the election results. The guy who we said won two months ago actually won. And that was it. And nobody cared. But it's such a big deal now because Trump has this huge base and huge following and people aren't aware that this has always been the way it's been. And that's why it's so much, so much louder now, you know, because I, yeah. I can remember in hit, this coming up in my high school social studies class being like, why is this a story today? We, we you know, and, ha and having it explained to all of us about how the actual, you know, election works and everything. So uh, that's the you latest. You know, Sister Mary O'Keefe, my history teacher, never told me any of this stuff. I didn't know any of this. Really? Yeah. I she was, was 90 in, when I was in high school, so I don't even know if she's still there or else I'd go and I'd yell at her. I was uh, I was lucky enough to have Mr. Diorio in Archbishop Malloy High School, and he, aside from being a family friend, full disclosure, unlike the Epstein lawyers, uh, he uh, <laughs> taught us very, very well, and um, got us all very involved. He he was the one that was like, if <laughs> he would get so mad, he goes. He goes, I'm angry that you guys could, you're able to vote. He goes, but if you're, if you're going to just go out there all willy nilly, he goes, the least I could do is put some education in your brain on, as far as what's going on in the world. And he was the one who taught us. And he was the one who first read, got us to register to vote. He, he actually handed me the first slip. Cause what age could you register at 18? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I took government like senior year as like an elective. And, and didn't go over any of this stuff. Nothing, nothing. Did you have speakers? Because we had Secret Service agents and we had we had politicians coming in. Wait, at the school? Yeah. No. 
I went to an all-girls school. Like, no one, the only males were, like, some of the teachers and Hercules, the janitor. <laughs> Other than that, males were not allowed in our school. Hercules, the janitor. No, we had, yes. I remember, we had a lieutenant in the local PD, which everyone was like, whatever. He was the guy who told me, if you never go over 70 on the road, you'll be fine. Don't worry. He's like, I'm leaving you alone. He goes, nobody pulls over anybody who's who's doing 70 miles an hour. But he says, you start to creep up over that and you're going to have an issue. And I still live by that today. And he's right, because every time I got pulled over, I was doing over 70. Um, and then we had somebody come in from the Secret Service. And then we had somebody come in from uh, Homeland Security. or the and I forget which one it was. But this is all pre 9-11. So I'm in high school pre 9-11. So we had somebody come in and he was actually monitoring the Middle East was his thing. And nope. he couldn't tell us. Like he, he took us through his day, but there were some things that he couldn't tell us. And like afterwards, like after his little speech, like we'd ask questions. And there was a couple of times where he'd be like, I can't answer that question. And I just remember like everybody in the class, we were like so like jazzed up. But I remember when 9-11 happened, thinking about him, one going, I said to myself, I said, he, he had to be involved in this in some way, shape or, or form because that, that was his area. Yeah. That was his job was to monitor the conversation and what was going on and report, report back to the, uh, the Pentagon. We had a woman from the March of Dimes come. <laughs> because our walkathon always like benefited like the march of dimes so we had her come and talk to all of us females <laughs> that's what we had oh boy well six in one half a dozen in the other i guess yeah uh don't forget to uh, check out our new second channel which is just highlights of the podcast and also single topics so if you're interested in one thing or another we break it all down on the anthony on air clips channel so uh get subscribed up for that right now we've been putting up videos tim our new guy has been working his rear end off putting videos up and uh everything looks really good right now so uh if you love the podcast if you enjoy the podcast listening to it or viewing it and uh, sometimes you want to just get one topic or another or just like a bite size. You don't have time to watch the whole thing. Feel free. Subscribe to our second channel. We would appreciate that uh, so much. Well, that March of Dimes Day must have been riveting, though. Oh, it was. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, any other closing thoughts there, Cuddles? No. No. I hope everybody had a nice start to the week and I hope everybody yes. has a great week. Yes. Yeah. We made a family turkey over the weekend uh, that I am, uh, we started over the weekend. We decided to turn it into a, a Christmas turkey by putting, like it's basically like a photocopy sheet that most people would have, pro most normal people probably would have just colored the thing glued it together and sent it home we decided that oh let's put like wrapping paper as the feathers and let's do this and let's do that different wrapping paper each feather is a different yeah christmas wrapping paper yes and it took what three <laughs> three and a half hours a lot there's like a lot of little slivers of 
paper all over the dining room. And we're not even done yet because I am determined to put Christmas lights around it because I got this battery powered Christmas light thing that I haven't been able to use. And I'm finally like, this is a great chance to to use it. And you might be thinking to yourself, Aunt, why are you being so psychotic? And I'll tell you why. This is the first project, family project, that we've had to do with our son in school. He's in kindergarten. Kindergarten. And uh, thanks, because I almost said first grade. Like my wife, I think you saw it in my eyes that I, I lost, I lost all, I didn't have any idea really. But anyway, he's gonna be with these kids probably for a really long time, science projects, you know, all this stuff. So I am literally laying the gauntlet down. I'm sending a message to the other parents. Like, look up, bucko. Here I am. This is what you're going to have to deal with. Like, we came to play. Like, science projects are going to be some shit. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to be, we're going to be in danger of burning down the gymnasium when we present during the science fair every single oh, yeah. time out. And I want you to know that now. I'm laying, I'm laying out the next 10, 11 years for these parents right here on day one. We came to play. We are not messing around. Yeah, nope. 100%. Trips to the hospital will be had. Okay. Blood stains will be bleached. All right. We have come to play. We are not messing around. My goal is to, by the time our kid graduates high school, we'd look back at our record of family projects and Tim Allen would be like, Jesus Christ, that guy was out of control. That's, that's my goal. Okay. Is that Tim the Tool Man Taylor will be like, holy shit. I want to I wanna win the Bidford Lifetime Achievement Award. That is, that's the goal here. I, I get that. But he is in kindergarten. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be able to turn that, you know, find the light area. He'll find turn it. The, he's going to be the only... The turkey on and off. I still have to, like... I don't, I, it's, Listen, it's, it's a lot. He's going to be the only kid that says this to his teacher. No, no, no. You have to turn it or the, the on buttons in the back. <laughs> we came to play, baby. We came to play. Uh, people love it when Cuddles is on the show. And uh, I hope that makes you feel good, Cuddles. I appreciate that. Because my, my wife is not uh, the the actually the funnier one out of the two of us but not the professionally trained person to be doing this so her hopping in to help out is always greatly appreciated by myself and the fact that yeah. she's been Aww. so well received in the comments thank is you. very very kind so i want to thank everybody for doing that yes thank you and just know i will never i will never ask you to stop shitting on frank or jay saps you guys do that no, as long don't. as you however much you want to do that you're never going to get a complaint out of me but i will acknowledge some of the nice people that said nice things about cuddles so thank you for well, that thank you yeah. thank you whoever said nice things about me a lot of people did it was very very nice so thank you for that Grab your bar of uh, Hero Soap Company from the link in the description below or by clicking on that banner on the homepage of anthonyonair.com. Like I said, every time you buy a bar of soap, they send a bar to the troops. They are incredibly kind. This is a first-class, made-in-America, veteran-owned company that makes an unbelievable product. So try yours today. Everybody who has bought one 
is buying more. They're signing up for those subscriptions. You can save 20% off on a subscription when you use the promo code Anthony. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our second channel. Check out the merch. Again, links for all this stuff is down in the description below. Have a great day. Take care.